Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's podcast. Today, it is our great pleasure to have with us Suzanne Philpott, who is the director of Grateful Remnants. It's early morning here in the UK, and it's late afternoon over in Gosh, where are you? Northwest Australia, 1,600 kilometres from Perth. Suzanne, welcome and thank you so much for making such an effort to join us. Thank you so much, Debbie, for the opportunity. It's it's lovely to see you again. Um, we met recently in Milan and um, I am so, so interested in the work that you're doing out there and your love of textiles and how you're utilising digital technologies to just to fulfill so many creative avenues within your community and within within social life um, to a wider audience too. Congratulations on that. Suzanne, can you introduce yourself and explain where, where your love of textiles came from? Okay. Well, I, I've been dabbling in textiles since childhood. I, uh, uh-huh. Mind you, I must admit to failing uh, sewing in year eight. Um, my teacher at the time told me I'd never amount to anything with that which my mother was horrified for because she would have loved to have been a dressmaker but um, yeah it's always done lots to do with textiles and um, I'm a passionate quilter um, mainly self-taught but I've attended a lot of um, workshops and classes uh, over the years and then I love to share that passion with others as well. Um, mm-hmm. And I do things like textile collage and thread painting, fabric crochet, rag weaving, slow stitching on all that sort of stuff. And also recognise the um, therapeutic benefits of, of um, being creative. Um, and I just love texture and, and textiles. And I'm, I'm a fabric snob. There we go. Okay. <laughs> That's a good term. I like that. Yes, well, you know, it's it's um, just one of those things. It's um, I prefer quality over quantity. I guess is probably the best way to put that. Thank you. So, tell me, when when and why did you found Grateful Remnants, and what services do you offer over there? I mean, it's you know, you have your own digital printer there, don't you? Uh, which yes. to me just just signposts, you know, how. How incredible it is that the technology we now have at our fingertips can be, you know, in a remote location, helping so many people and for yourself to have such, you know, a vibrant business producing textiles. It's it's amazing. Well, look, yes, it is. We we do have the only roll-to-roll digital fabric printer and and heat press. Um, Uh And when I say heat press, I'm talking three and a half ton uh, uh, oil drum driven heat press um, between Perth and Darwin. We put that in in uh, June 2021. Um, and uh, that's along with the long arm quilting machine that I have had since um, uh, 2010, uh-huh. 2010. Um, but um, basically why we did it uh, or, or what services we offer is uh, – we saw that there was a need for, um, for, for for basically people to be more involved in the whole process. Um, yep. We so we offer uh, workshops, uh, more artistic control because the wait times. Living here for twenty years um, now, um, wait time for anything 
um, freight costs um, and everything is always huge. Uh, there's not, you know, you just can't pop down to the local shop for things yep. uh, all the time. Um, so we offer workshops and classes and events and we um, try to help out with people who are training in in, um, in all aspects of, of running um, this kind of business uh, from administration through through to the actual production as well as the creativity. But, um, yeah, Grateful Remnants came about because of my love of of textiles and sharing, um, uh, sharing that knowledge, and we just formalised it. Uh, we personally, uh, my, a lot of my own textile art is Pilbara inspired um, in a home mm-hmm. textile type range, whether it's quilted or digitally printed. Um, but there are a lot of artists around here who are looking at doing more than just putting their uh, designs, painting them onto canvas. They're starting to look yep. for more um, additional um, function or end, end function um, or end use, isn't it? Multifunction end use, I think the wording is. Yeah. Uh, but so they're looking at doing more than just wanting to put something on canvas and waiting for that to 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 work. But um, with a lot more awareness now of copyright and intellectual property rights um, out of relationship, um, long-time relationship with the the local community. Um, It was decided that we would independently um, finance the setup here um, and allow more artistic control from start to finish in the whole process. So if that By bringing everything in-house. By bringing everything in-house, yes. Yeah. So tell me, if... If you or any of any of the community, we'll talk about that in, the, in, a, in a moment, had you know previously wanted to have textiles, their designs printed, how far away would they have to go to get that done? At least the east coast of Australia, uh, but a Which lot would more be with Melbourne or Sydney. Um, yeah, or they would go overseas, and yeah. there'd been some horrendous stories. Not just locally here but of other um in other artists within uh, central australia and the kimberley and what have you because we're in the pilbara region um who had had uh their their artwork reproduced um by not so proper means if you know what i mean Uh, and we we often hear that of, of a lot of artists worldwide though too don't you you know um, yeah. In these days of technology, sometimes it is easier to, you know, grab something off the internet and reproduce it however you want, whenever you want and everything else. And it was more just um, more just about cutting out the wait times because also too by sending it overseas or even over east, you know, to get the physical, say, example, could be anything yeah. from six to eight weeks and then wow. if you wanted to change anything, um, you know, because everything's fine like on the computer, say, but to actually feel it and test it and try it out and, and different things, yeah, there, there was all that sort of, so it was all, yeah, that, those sort so of I factors guess it would have came been into. Very, very difficult to set up a commercial operation really with those kind of logistic operational problems within well, the textile space without using digital technology. Yes, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Um, and and I think it was more um, 
more too about, yeah, um, yeah, as I said, it was the wait times, um, but it was also too about coming alongside people and allowing mm-hmm. them the opportunity to experiment more uh, with their ideas without, again, having um, ha- having that wait time, uh, but also yeah. Yeah. Um, being right on hand, do you know what I mean, and out of relationship, feeling confident enough to experiment um yes. yeah. Uh, yeah. with, with so, that uh, both myself and and with others I'm working with a, a lass at the moment who's who really would like to get into this space um an artist who would mm-hmm. like to get into this space but oh will I won't I should I shouldn't I um and I said well hey let's just try out you know let's choose one design and maybe make some cushion covers and yeah and you know, and let's let's just do six now, you know, and we'll make them up and give them back to you, and you can show them around family and or friends and whatever you and you know rather than having to also have that big thing too of um, sometimes when you're ordering from elsewhere you, you you've got a rather high minimum quantity uh, yeah. either in yardage or or um, um, in product that you have to order straight up. Yeah, just volume, um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's sort of doing that. So today we played around with something today and she was just so excited that I could video. She's she's in Port Hedland, which is only 200 kilometres down the road, two hours. <laughs> but, um, and, but we were together on the weekend and talking and, and she will make time to get down here or I'll be back up there or... Or whatever, and that's great. So, yeah, that's so great. we do work with others further afield as well. Mm. So, how how do your customers sell the products that that they create with you? Our preferred option is to be the print service provider um, uh-huh. and give it back to the artist, or create the end product uh, for them to create the end product, or we okay um, we will create the end product for them as well, um, and then they sell it. So yeah. there's there's only that, but we again uh, sometimes enter into agreement with artists. Uh, like one of the artists that I uh, had the privilege of taking work over to um, the exhibition in Milan, which I met you at. Uh-huh. Um, mm-hmm. She's doing Year Twelve, and so for her, and and she wants to go to university. So this is a way of her. Wanting, uh, you know, earning earning some money along the way, um, yeah, that's great. But not interfering with her studies. Um, and another uh, artist that we um, that we uh, work with um, is recovering from stroke, and so we sell her product as well. And you've seen some of her work as well. So, uh, but that's a lot fantastic. of others, so we they do their you're own working thing. With- Great. So you're working with lots of different age groups within the local community, then. Yes, the local yes. creative community. Mm. That's, that's uh, I was amazing. With a, uh, just this afternoon, or earlier this afternoon, my time, mm-hmm. um, I was in a meeting with an artist, to uh, a senior elder who is in her late seventies, and another senior elder who is in her early eighties, um, discussing some work that. Um, They'd asked me to print for them, and they were going, "Oh, 
can we or can't we? And we said, well, how about we just start with what we've tried and we'll go from there. And um, I had been, again, out of relationship, um, which I, none of which we have ever taken for granted. Um, I'd played around with some offcuts and made a wide-brimmed hat, soft hat. Uh-huh. And But um, in my eagerness to do that, I had um, misprinted the pattern and it was too big. So <laughs> they thought it was hilarious that they were trying on this hat um, that had their design on it, but it was way too big. It looked like a, a little, you know, a toddler trying on, you know, yeah. uh, mum or dad's hat sort of thing. And um, But we had a good laugh about it and they said, well, if you made it the right size, we could wear that fishing, you know. <laughs> but they also okay. went, uh, so. but out of that they also said, and actually we want you to make more the right size so that we can sell those as a, as a point of difference. So That's they incredible. have a lot of control over that. Mm. Tell me about the local community, Suzanne. Are you working with the Indigenous community? Are you working with the Aborigine community? Well, Robin is a gazetted town with a predominantly uh, Aboriginal um, population. Um, uh-huh. And we've been here for 20 years. We were invited to come by a group of elders to assist with the transition from white to Aboriginal leadership in the Aboriginal church. Uh, back uh-huh. then, the church used to run the Sobering Up Shelter and the Minga Patrol, which came out yep. of the Royal Commission into Aboriginal Deaths in Custody. That was one of the recommendations for that. They also had the Indigenous funeral contract. And my husband was the prison chaplain for the first 11 years that we were here as well. So yeah. we've sort of seen people at their worst and at their best and, yep. um, and what have you. Um, but have also recognised too that um, creative pursuits or or artistic pursuits are a great way for healing as well. Um, Just in the last uh, month since I've been back, or in the last two weeks actually, we've had eight deaths. Uh Um, So there's often a lot of... um, grief and sorry business happening and that sort of thing. So it's it's about working through all those things as well. Um it's rewarding was, and and that it's yeah. rewarding but it's also uh can can Tough. No, I wouldn't say frustrating but it it does sort of does make you question sometimes your um why am I doing this? But then I look at <laughs> I is, look at the good things that happen and it's great. <laughs> But it's interesting, isn't it, that using that creativity and that artistic expression to then Mm. offer people a window out of extreme poverty as well, really, Mm. and, you know, extreme circumstances. Yeah, extreme circumstances for sure. can't find employment. Mm. It's it's amazing that, you know, just from having one machine in a location, you know, in in northwestern Australia, that it can create so many opportunities for, a, yes. for a, yes, a small population, but incredible opportunities and f- generates freedom, doesn't it? Yes, and, and look, it capacity builds on so many levels. There might be those uh-huh. who are perhaps not artistic, but um, a lot of the younger ones are very tech-savvy um, or yes. they want to try other things. And, again, out of relationship, we can come alongside them and say, hey, well, how about you give this a try? 
um, yeah. and, and and what have you. Um, so we're working on, um, on on that sort of thing, like being the host employer sometimes, working with the uh, job ready programs and and the TAFE courses um, and, and that sort of thing. But also giving them a chance to try something in a safe environment you know, something that they feel comfortable with to create an alternative um, income stream. Uh, We work on the idea that at um, at social social enterprise where, um, look, I can't do it all. We were were joking just before this podcast about all the different hats that we wear. Uh, I'm more than happy to show someone how to um, do something so that I can then step back and say, hey, they're doing that and they're doing really well in that and I can still be doing my thing and we can all work together for the greater good. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So overall, so incredible benefits then of having your digital print facility there. Hmm. Well, I think I think everybody. too that, that with the digital printing, I mean, all right, look, we have, uh, you know, digital print signage um, and and, uh, vinyl wrap facilities um, not that far away. Um, We have an established supply chain for polo shirts or fishing shirts, which are very popular. Uh, Mm -hmm. I don't need to recreate that. So I tend to focus on um, on the home textile sort of thing with the idea of, um, again, that comes out of the quilting factor as well I don't make clothing but I know people who can make clothing um, Uh or show people how to make clothing I'm the queen of fudge when it comes to that kind of thing so um, but uh, what I love about the digital printing exercise too is that an artist can create or a creative can can make a design and then look at the multiple functions for end use Um, and it can be with the digital printing process it can be manipulated both in size and colourways without having to start from scratch again you know Um, and it also provides um, uh, the artist or the creative with a semi-regular income whilst waiting for the original artwork to sell Um, and yeah and they and they can duplicate that design as many times as needed without having to as I said without having to start over um but while they're also looking at getting some other ideas Mm. and playing with other ideas do you know they're generating an income is what I'm saying absolutely it's it's you know creative can't stop creating by nature no 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 No. those middle of the night things are great (laughs) yeah Well, I do find it incredible, though, an absolute testament, though, isn't it really, is that, you know, your recent collaboration with Mimaki just, you know, endorses exactly what we've just said, that your your small, you know, small medium business there in, in Western Australia with one machine, you know, is in Milan. Suddenly you're, uh, you're taking uh, your local art to Milan, you know, mm. thousands and thousands of miles away. You know, you've totally unlocked the globe really, from yes. one destination, which I just think is incredible and taking all of that talent so far. Tell me, how did that come about? How did that collaboration with uh, with Mimaki come around? Well, of course, I have a Mimaki printer, which uh, is a hybrid, <laughs> <laughs> a hybrid that uh, yeah. prints both uh, dye sublimation and uh, direct pigment uh, 
uh, direct textile pigment, I should say. Um, yeah, again, when right. we purchased it, it was like, which way were we going to go? And and we still get asked, are you going to buy another machine and make that one one or the other? And we keep saying, yeah. mm, maybe, we'll, we'll wait just yet. Uh, but we basically purchased that in 2021. Uh, we built the shed, the nine-metre nine by 12-metre uh, shed, a, when the foundation was put on, the three and a half ton heat press uh, uh-huh. went on, was craned on there, and the shed was built around it. Um, then it, earlier this year, I had the opportunity for uh, to have a market stall at uh, in Perth. Um, we're only um, seven hundred people attended uh, a conference mm-hmm. called the World Indigenous Tourism Summit. And uh, I am a member of the WATOC, which is WA Indigenous Tourism Operator Council, an associate member of those, them, and they wanted me to have a stall at their marketplace in this um, international tourism summit. Um, I couldn't because I'm not an Aboriginal business, but I had one of my Aboriginal artists, the one doing Year 12, is in Perth at the moment with her parents who have their own business and I said to um, to the organisers at Waitok, would you mind if I gave them a call? And a, yes, please. We, we really want your product there. So I rang them, got them involved. Um, they were over the moon. And, of course, they sent me photos. So what do you do? You send, you put photos out on your Facebook page. You send them to Mamaki. You send them to your fabric supplier. You know, just say, oh, look, look, look what we're doing here, you know. Next thing I get a phone call from Mamaki Australia saying, do you think you've got some artists that would like to be in this international exhibition coming up? And I'm going, ah, okay. <laughs> and so I sent them some some um, photos and they rang me and said, oh, we can't decide. We'll leave it to Mamaki Europe to decide. <laughs> And I'm going, oh, Great. okay. <laughs> and and next thing, Mamaki Europe couldn't decide either. So, um, and then that's how it all sort of came about. And we worked out what I was going to send, and they were absolutely fabulous. Couldn't do enough for me. Um, how did you choose which artists to to to, to use? How did I choose? Yeah, um, that's hard. It was hard, but what happened was. I needed to make a decision on that pretty quickly because, you know, big mm-hmm. business doesn't always work around um, the way that we need to work here uh, uh, in being very flexible. And um, what happened was I basically went, okay, um, who's who's the quickest I can get to but also who's the most diverse because what I wanted to showcase was four completely individual styles Yes. They're all Aboriginal art, but they're all completely individual. Um, they've made their own, um, like, little niche area. And that's how I decided that. Um, also, being independent, I didn't have to wait for board meetings or art group okays or any other okays mm-hmm. to go with that. Um, the artists were really enthusiastic and everything was done and sent and that's where the real fun began then. 
And I say that all oh, fantastic. That probably a little bit uh, sarcastic in the sense that it all then got you had a up. few logistical problems. Yes, with oh, customs, major. as we all do. <laughs> Closest to Europe, we all have those problems now. And I've had similar problems working with Vesper actually last year mm. with uh, moving stuff through the Netherlands too. So we all get impacted by these. But of course, when you've got such long distances. Oh, that doesn't help, does it? So it put you under a lot of pressure, I believe, before the show. It, it did, it did. Even the Australian Embassy in ha- in The Hague got involved um, and, wow. uh, and what have you. Uh, the Department of Foreign Affairs here in, in Australia were fantastic under their Indigenous diplomacy agenda. Uh-huh. They really helped where they could. But ultimately, Post-NL said it could take up to 30 days, which are, um, which was way past the exhibition date, and so began the back and forth bits and pieces and mm-hmm. I ended up biting the bullet and um, jumping on a plane to Milan with five days' notice. You did, <laughs> which is great and, and because we got to meet and I learned all about your work, which mm, is, you know, you. incredible. Congratulations. It was an absolutely amazing, amazing, amazing time and so I'm for glad the, I did For our it. listeners... For our listeners, tell us what you took. Tell us about the tell us about the designs and the fabrics and things that were on display. Okay, well, young Jasmine um, is doing Year Twelve, Jasmine Chloe Art, and we uh-huh. had one of her turtle designs, which was um, in a, a lawn voile sarong, uh, mm-hmm. a tote bag, which was a linen poly mix lined tote bag, uh, a picnic rug or, or throw, um, which was a polyester upholstery fabric and a cushion cover, which was a cotton sateen. Wow. So that, that wow. was her for. Uh, Bobby Lockyer, um, I had the privilege of printing um, her artwork for New York Fashion Week last year. And uh, she actually sent a couple of dresses, which unfortunately didn't make it, but her yeah. fabric um, where basically she had collaborated with um, an artist called The Salty One and he does artwork on the beach um, and takes drone shots and then Bobby okay. had put her um, her artwork on there and she loves a lot to do, she, a lot to do with the sea. And so... Um, it was we were able to show how sharp the uh, and intricate those photos were uh, reproduced onto the fabric, um, and uh, in some fabric lengths. And then uh, Rachel Kuyu, she's from Exmouth Way, uh, Exmouth uh, Golf Way. She lives up here, but she follows okay. her mother's line. She's a senior elder down there. And she paints the colours of her, her mother's country especially and she'd done some beautiful um, uh, block printing um, yes. that she called Scattered Seaweed and then another one which was of Giralia Bay which, uh, at low tide, the different colours on the beach at low tide yep. at sunset, you know, how um, the ripples and that. And so we'd done some uh, fabric lengths of that, um, panels uh, of those. And then Leslie Murray um, is the lady who's recovering from stroke in Perth 
and her artwork was the tote bag, the cushion cover, and another picnic rug um, in a design called Deep Roots. And it looked like a tree, um, but it symbolised that women are um, the nurturers um, that keep family rooted and together uh, throughout mm-hmm. all the storms of life and things like that. So um, that piece is um, so, so, but all four had stories and all four yeah. were fiercely independent. And as I said, you're going from 17, uh, 17 year old through to late 50s. Um, uh, in they were group, incredible yeah. stories, though, mm. weren't they? I mean, like mm. as you say, mm. they span the generations, and they talk about you know, kind of in, in, in digital, indigenous spirituality, nature, mm. and you know, and the circle of life really as well. Which yes. is why, you know, again, it's not it's, it's there's no invention here. This is absolute mm. art um, transporting across you know international waters it was it was wonderful it looked fantastic but you know when you talk about it all now you really have to take on board how much effort that was for you Suzanne to recreate that at short notice because it because it got lost on the waters as well so well oh, done look, there it's fantastic thank you. It was a fantastic display. It really was. It was very striking, very powerful, and you know, it resonated, I think, with everybody because the storytelling within all of those designs and prints, mm. you know, those those are stories that need to be told, and you know, a heritage that needs to be celebrated. So, congratulations. Thank you, thank you. Well, with young Jasmine, her father is actually from Papua New Guinea, so she combines the tribal patterning from Papua New Guinea with her Aboriginal prints too. And again, it's her point wow. of difference. And this art group that I was uh, with this afternoon, um, they all um, have, all their artists um, do amazing different work. Um, you know, you've got some Aboriginal artists doing manga style and um, or, or nature or, or um, different bits and pieces and uh, or flow painting even and, and that sort of stuff. And um but they're also working on other bits as well. And I, I just think it's an exciting space to be in. And with the opportunities that the digital printing, uh, especially in the textiles, um, uh, allows, it, it, it's sort of a case of watch this space, you know. Um, because Absolutely. The sky's the limit. And, it is, um, and it's. Yeah, there is no limit. Yeah, there is no oh. limit here at all, I think. No. And it's changing so, so, so quickly. It really is. That's too. right. Tell us, That's right. Tell us about Australia. You know, how how established or, or is digital technology helping Australia re-establish a print base for kind of medium or even large-scale production? How's that working? I think on the East Coast it's, it's very well established um, okay. o- o- over there. And... Um, I, as I said, I tend to work more with independent artists because there are some art groups um, that are funded uh, through their funding bodies have um, and the contracts with their funding bodies have like a closed supply chain. Um, And being small, uh, a a small business, you can't can't supply all the different fabrics that somebody might want. um, Yeah. Uh, you, you know, because they might only want one or two metres of it, but you've got to buy it in a 50-metre roll minimum. 
um, yeah. and that sort of thing. So with the freight costs and, and everything else, you tend to um, specialise more in a, in, a, in a few different fabrics and then start to expand. Um, yeah. With Mamaki, um, there, is, uh, there is three Mamaki operators on the West Coast. Um, okay. All of us do different, um, uh, have our spe- specialist sort of areas, um, yeah. but we can work with one another if need Great. be. Like so if I perhaps can't get a particular fabric and I've done this uh, a couple of times already, if I can't get a particular fabric but I know that somebody else can, I can and they have the same machine as I do, then it's quite easy for me to send the files to them and get them to print it, um, knowing that that'll yeah. come. We know what the quality is going to be. We know what the outcome is going to be, and everybody's happy. Do you know what I mean? We're sharing it, sharing it around. Uh, but yes, it um, the the printing each industry other, which does is great. Yeah, yeah, and um, the look the digital print industry. I, I, I can honestly say I'm entirely new to in a lot of ways um but I I know it's rather well established on the east coast one way or the other and it's it's gaining momentum on over here but um yeah I think it has to I mean I think Australia is particularly challenged as well because you are so close to the other supply chains the other routes of the west Mm. of the east aren't you so there's a huge a huge you know competition there on price but I think beyond that price equation um, there are huge huge resources um, available all over the world that help people to source and near shore because you don't have the freight you're Mm. printing on demand and I think that is also helping um, communities and, and industries all over the world to to be build new smart hubs for technology so that they can print very, very close oh, using well, digital well technologies. And, yeah, well, well and truly. And I think too that um, like we try not to waste anything that we use either. So that's part of uh-huh. the Grateful Remnants ethos yeah. is, um, you know, we that's where the rag weaving comes in or the slow stitching and the sashiko and the borrow and those kind of techniques. So we're using as much as possible of of the product as we all know when we go to um do a print run direct textiles you've got that lead fabric that comes through before you actually print um so you know i'm not one to go oh yeah look i'll do half a meter for you or a meter for you and then i'll uh take it off and put it through the heat press because i'm going to lose another you know meter and a half to two meters you know, yes, the next time true. I start. Yeah. Um, so I try yeah. to sort of, um, I, I try to uh, schedule, you know, all of the, the particular, uh, the batching and all that mm. sort of stuff. And then, of course, I need to wait around uh, for my husband and my son to be around for me to go through the heat press process and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah. Um, yeah, try and do it that way. Again, just trying to trying to be... Um, you, you create. You're not just creating um, environmental sustainability, but also economic sustainability again yeah. because of the exorbitant costs. Um, 
and that, but I do think too that um, by trying to provide uh, or access high quality uh, base fabric, uh, print fabric as well, um, that's been really important to us. So we're expand like we do a cotton sateen, poplin, lawn voile, mm-hmm. uh, a light canvas. We then work with um, a, um, a, a, a an upholstery um, yep. weight okay. fabric uh, yeah. uh, from dye sublimation and um, a linen cotton poly mix, but we're looking at isn't expanding it, further as well. Isn't so it incredible? into toweling and that. Mm. It's toweling and lycra so- and all that, yeah, so... But when you just talk about all of those fabrics, Suzanne, you know it's incredible, isn't it? How much, how much, vers- how versatile that machine is for you, and mm, all of mm, those mm. different substrates that you're hitting, and each one's a different price point, and a different customer, and a different end, well, not a different customer necessarily, but a different end use and a different specification. So yes. it is really quite incredible, isn't it? How it just revolutionises um, your stock um, and price pointing too. Yeah, well, thank you because what we tried to do was work with fabrics that we knew. Um, uh, you know, again, being a quilter, I I knew what to expect or what I wanted out of a a cotton, uh, let alone anything else. And so I would rather work with a smaller range of fabric and then increase once we became more confident and more aware of what we could and couldn't do and all of that sort of stuff. So um, incredible yes congratulations mm. it's it's amazing what Thank you've done you. out over there maybe maybe this this project um with Mimaki was one of your favorite projects I'm not sure because to, to be able to take four four um, artists to an international stage is 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 pretty incredible um is that your uh, favorite I, would you like to I would share have to say that's one? probably been my uh, yeah to that would have to yeah. have been my favorite one so far and I think um it was a very humbling experience for me as well because um, these are independent artists who perhaps yeah. would never have had the opportunity. And, look, I mean, I, I didn't go looking for the opportunity myself either, so I, it, it just came out of me sharing my excitement yeah, meant to be. about about that. So, um, yeah, that's what I said. It was it, it was a fabulous opportunity. It was overwhelming. It was exciting. It was great to meet. Um, uh, well, my fabric supplier was over there, and even though we'd talked lots and lots and lots on the phone, he took me around and introduced me to people. I had extra product on the phone. That's how I met you um, and yeah. I met all these other people. But even though I'm very much in the early stages of uh, my um, digital print uh, or digital fabric printing uh journey I was never made to feel like I didn't have something to to add to the conversation Suzanne congratulations tell us what's next for Grateful Remnants what's on the horizon for 2023-2024 well all of a sudden I need to have worldwide shipping on my website (laughs) that's there you go and a a dedicated uh, uh, digital fabric printing um, uh, page as well. So that's all 
I've got that locked Progress. in um, with uh, that's happening in early August. Um, more collaborations. Again, just the exposure from doing that and the fact that so many people shared it everywhere. I've got more yeah. artists wanting to come on board. We're in the process of cataloging um, a whole lot of soft furnishing mock-ups for accommodation providers. Um, we're being approached um, by some pretty awesome people in that in that uh, industry Hosp- um, to share the love. Yeah, yeah, to share yeah, the love with that. And um, so yeah. we're looking at cataloging that and um, getting more artists on board uh, for choice um, with that. And uh, as I said, collaborating with new artists all the time. Um, there's talk of some other exhibitions, both locally and internationally. And I hope to get the um, training, uh, more training happening, you know, in, in a more official type capacity. So looking yeah. at working with uh, training providers um, to be the host employer so that it's not just, you know, work experience uh, or um, yeah. work for the doll it's actually you know helping to create um ongoing new opportunities yeah yeah ongoing mm. opportunities for them yeah so there we go watch your space is all i guess i can say thank you so much for your time suzanne yeah um, and thank you keep, Debbie. Keep i really appreciate it keep, yeah. thank you keep mm. up the good work and do keep in touch if we can do anything here to support you we will too it's a small world 